Welcome to Johnstown. <laughs> Come see our inclined plane. Welcome to We Should Know Better, a podcast where we hitchhike across Wikipedia like a bunch of little fact hoppers. I'm your adorable baby hippo, Kyle. And with me, as always, are my keepers slash social media interns. I'm Sky. Hashtag Tim. Nice, nice. Have you guys checked out that that Twitter feed, by the way? Uh, No. Is it Fiona is your name? Yeah, Fiona, the hippo. Yes. Uh, She is here in Ohio, by the way. Um, not by me, but, uh, you can check her out and, and, and her Twitter feed is just adorable. Uh, they just have so many little gifs and videos of her just being very cute. So you don't think of her eventually growing up into being an enormous murderer water horse. <laughs> yeah, mean, it's true. <laughs> but she's really cute right now. <laughs> so I have, I have a fantastic game for you guys today. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, this comes to us again through our friend Tony, uh, who was researching antlions a couple days ago, and you know, as he does. And mm-hmm. uh, while he was doing that, he suggested, or he sent me this page called, uh, well, this is our starting page for today, Angle of the Pose. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, are you okay? <laughs> It wasn't me. It was oh, Scotty. Jeez. That was so loud I thought it came from somewhere else. <laughs> Are you all right? That sounded painful. It was pain. I tried to hold it in as long as I could. <laughs> it only made it stronger. Uh, Is that the woo. first time we've had someone sneeze on the air? I think so. And like usually I could find a mute button. But with my dumb new setup. I'm like, where is the sound coming? Oh well, this is just happening. Okay. Uh. Anyway. Right. So Angle of Repose, you say. <laughs> yes. Look at this door. This this page comes to us from our friend Tony. Uh yeah, this is uh he sent me this page, Angle of Repose, and that's gonna be our starting page for today. It's uh just so you guys can spell it, it's A-N-G-L-E. Of, and it's repose, R-E-P-O-S-E. So, As opposed to A-N-G-E-L of I mean, repose. The angel of repose. Which is, yes. Mm. Yeah. That's the angel. There's probably a Renaissance painting <laughs> Actually, titled that it would somewhere. Be a really lazy angel. Aw. Um, Sleepy angel. <laughs> so we're going for Saturday morning angel. What? Well, wait, what? Yeah, you know. What lazy, you... lazy Saturday morning. Oh, oh, okay. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just having a lion, Angel. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, we're going from angle of repose, not angel of repose, to pillow. So here's adorable. Here's a fun fact. Yeah. Uh, There's a book called Angel of Repose. Are you kidding me? And it won. It won the. It won the Pulitzer Prize in 1972. Wow. Yep. Is it is it about a very tired angel? A uh, story not- of an ailing retired historian who set out to document his grandparents' lives on the western frontier. Mm, not sold. If only, if he were an angel, well, that's, that'd be that's, it. Yeah. That's angle, though, right? That's not angel. It's angel. Oh, wait. Oh, oh you know no! what? It's weird. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm on this website, 
And the headline says Angel of Repose, (laughs) but the the actual text does say Angle of Repose. Oh, some copy editor somewhere got tagged. This is on uh, on the website, um, AmericanProfile.com, if you want to send your angry emails. (laughs) Your angely emails. Um, Well, all right. So I I was actually very curious, uh, going to Pillow here, whether you guys were going to be the type... I know that some some regions uh, pronounce pillow as pillow, P-E-L-L-O, and I did not know if that was a discussion we'd had ever. And I, I don't know that I've ever heard either of you say the word pillow before, so like I didn't know if we were going to have a talk about that or not. <clears throat> I actually have a I actually have a friend who says pillow, and I say pillow. Do you like pillow? Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I, I say pillow. <laughs> Just like that. Is it? <laughs> I, I just say pillow because there's an eye in it. <laughs> I, I don't mean to make fun of you, Sky. It's just I I have another friend who says that as well. And I don't I just don't understand where that sound comes from. But I live right on the edge of the Appalachian area anyway. So we get all of we have we have a bunch of those words that the accent just doesn't make any sense anyway. We still have, I, I mean, I have relatives who say Warsh, so there we are. <laughs> uh, all right, so since um, since the angle of repose is all about construction, you know, uh, it, I decided that our... <laughs> Wait, it's about construction in as much yeah. as you take a pile of stuff and just throw it and see how it lands. Look, Tim, our opening game was either going to be about Jenga or construction, so... You chose poorly. <laughs> don't you tell don't, us that. You don't even know yet. I picked. I I looked for. Uh, I I looked for a bunch of jargon terms because I found a fun a bunch of fun jargon terms on this angle of repose page, and I was like, let's search for construction jargon. Let's just see what fun things are out there. And boy, did I find a good one. There's a website out there that seems to be from the UK called TopFloorStore.com. The tagline says it is a Torgo software company, um, and it is a glossary of common construction terms, including slang. So today, I'm going to give you guys a couple words, and you guys oh get boy. to tell me what those what those words mean in UK construction slang. <clears throat> oh my gosh, Cockney construction slang! Oh, it's going to be for two hundred, Alex. So. Whoever gets the closest one, I'm only going to ask like one or two of these or well, maybe, yeah, maybe three just to have it an odd number, but uh, whoever gets the closest one or gets the best definition for each one uh, is going to start for us today. So uh, we'll take turns. Uh, You guys will both give the same. uh, Actually, I didn't think this through. I I suppose, I suppose you'll each do your own definition um, and then we'll just, and we'll decide whose is best. Uh, well, I mean, since I'm the judge all the time. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Tim, the uh, when when a uh, when a construction worker says that that uh, that board is or that that tool is from Acme, what are, what are they saying? From Acme. Acme, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say that it's probably a piece of junk. You are correct. Nice job. Yes. Nice. Because nothing right. ever worked from Acme. Right. For, for the poor coyote. That's right. You are correct. 
Um, I mean, there is there is some coyote error in there too sometimes, but <laughs> some in general, I would not yeah. order from that catalog. Oh man, I would really I would actually not <laughs> order fake holes from that catalog. <laughs> yep. Uh, I I would really love to actually have like a like jargon just say that that's coyote error. Um, I don't know if that's going to catch on though. Uh, mm-hmm. Sky, uh, when someone is complaining, uh, especially someone who uh, puts in um, floorboards, I guess, if they're complaining of bacon, what are they complaining about? Oh, it's all like warped. No, I'm sorry. Oh what? man, that's that's what I would have said. It uh, it means like scabs on your knees or elbows from having to do a lot of uh, floor oh, work. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> They should fix that. That's, <laughs> that's not right. Is that that's, what you're saying? That's pretty gross, actually. <clears throat> well, I got I'm... bacon on my knees. <laughs> um, Tim, what's a board stretcher? A board stretcher? Yes. Um, let me think for a moment. It is a fat guy standing on the floor. <laughs> you are incorrect. <laughs> Uh, it is a it's a mythical device used to stretch a board that was cut too short. I forgot oh, yeah. to tell you that a lot of these are just dumb jokes that I've heard of that one. Yeah. And they like they would do it to like the newbie, like, hey, mm-hmm. go give me the board stretcher. Yep. And then he'd be asking people like, Where's where's the board stretcher? Yep. <laughs> hey Sky, uh when uh someone when a carpenter or a construct a construction worker refers to someone else uh, says they were a Darwin, what 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 are they saying about them? Uh, they did something stupid, or like they're they're dumb. You are correct. <laughs> just in general, mm. but they're dumb. They're dumb. I yep. feel bad. But like <laughs> that. Not dumb, but like unintelligent. They did a thing that could have gotten Try them killed. Is dumb. what it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. When uh, okay. Uh. Uh, Tim, if someone says that, oh, that other guy, he's trying to get ahead here. Uh, he's a he's a crease. What is he saying about that? What what is he saying about that person? He's a crease. C r e a s e. Yes. Uh he's a crease. He's just trying to fit in. Uh, no. Uh, it's a person who dresses well, even though they're a construction worker. Oh, like a person oh. who tries to dress up as though they are like the foreman. Gotcha. Um, so like a suit, starch shirt. Yeah. So they have tie. creases in their clothing. <laughs> Ugh, just, that's great. Just any creases makes you uh, makes you <laughs> someone trying to get ahead. <laughs> uh, Sky, what's a New York screwdriver? Um, mm, it's my favorite drink. Mm. Favorite cocktail. Uh, New York screwdriver. Yeah. Uh, is that like a mm, is that like a rivet gun? Oh, you're you're on Just the right track. Like, yeah, it's it's a really mm. big hammer. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I can't give that one to you though. I'm sorry, nope. uh, Tim. If someone is a termite, what do you expect they work with? What do you expect they work with? Yeah, I mean. Wouldn't they work with wood? <laughs> yeah, it is. I was just trying to. I was trying to uh, give you a little bit of uh, reverse psychology there. I guess. Uh, yes, they are. A, that's a carpenter. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sky. If someone had a yard sale, uh, what happened to them? 
<laughs> they had a yard sale. Yeah. Uh, they quit. Ooh. They quit like um, construction, so they gotta like get rid of all their tools. Uh, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm gonna give you another shot at it, only because like think about um, you- you're really close. It's not quitting, but like I mean, is it dying? <laughs> kind of, yeah. What <laughs> if you fell and basically dropped everything and it says uh, it's it's a uh a really big crash or fall uh so that if you scatter everything that you have like all your gear all your tools get scattered out they they say that in in skiing too and and snowboarding oh seriously yes (laughs) oh i love it it's it's a fall that like sends your skis and stuff flying off your feet and yeah um all right you guys are tied up one, the last two here, um, Tim. Uh, what is what is a clune? Clune. Clune. C L O O N. Clune. Uh, a clune is a closet buffoon. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to go the clown route. It is not. <laughs> nah. It, according to the dictionary here, it's the sound that happens when you hit the ground with your head. Wow. That's dark. (laughs) Clune, yes. Clune. And (laughs) Sky. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When uh, someone comes in, when your foreman comes in, first thing, uh, and they have toasties, what are they bringing with them? They got toasties? Toasties. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Yay, toasties. (laughs) Uh, Man, this is British slang. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they got like sandwiches. Yeah, you got it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's any kind of snack, any kind of morning oh. snack. Uh, if they bring sandwiches, coffee, donuts, whatever, they call them all toasties. Apparently, well done, you guys. Ugh. Oh, good I job, Sky. That's close. That was a good one. Uh, that was luck. <laughs> the, ones that you, the ones that you got wrong, I'd be like, I have no idea. Oh, but they were so <laughs> what great, I would say though. For those. Uh, my they were favorite, very good. The, my favorite one that I didn't use, um, you because we had another one like that already. The board stretcher, um, mm-hmm. another another uh, fictional tool that you can send someone to go looking for is a hammer force. A hammer force. Yes. So That's remember good. that. If uh, it also sounds like an NES game. I actually thought that too. Yes. So anyway, angle of repose. Cool. So the angle of repose here, they have a they have a picture here of like a mound of dirt. And the angle of repose is like the angle of the top of the dirt, um, and the, and like a horizontal line mm-hmm. essentially. So it's just like the angle that like a pile of stuff would fall at. It says here um, uh, the angle of repose or critical angle of repose of a granular material is the steepest angle of descent or dip relative to the horizontal plane to which a material can be piled without slumping. <laughs> at this angle, the material on the slope surface is on the verge of sliding. The angle of repose can range from zero to 90 degrees. The morphology of the material affects the angle of repose. Smooth round sand grains can be piled as steeply as can rough interlocking sands. Um, Basically, yeah, yeah, sorry, go on. Well, it says the morph, oh, cannot be piled. Sorry, I missed, like, I read that too fast. I I was like, wait, I thought it said that this matters, but then it says that it (laughs) can't. But it doesn't. No, 
Yeah, round sand grains can be piled or cannot be piled as steeply as can rough interlocking sands. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it can be affected by the additions of solvents. A small amount of water can bridge the gaps between the particles. All that, all that junk. And That's they get right. delicious oatmeal. Actually, mm. yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, basically, it's just how high you can stack a thing before it starts sliding off to the side. That's that's all. That's all it means. Um, I didn't realize that this was as cute as it is, but I mean, like, if you like, basically, yeah, we think I can think of like a pile of sand here, but mm-hmm. it you just see all these pictures down like along the page here. They just have a bunch of different things that are just reposing i guess <laughs> different different shapes of of repose and different uh different styles of reposing sometimes with a with a hole or sometimes in a triangle shape it's a pretty cute phenomenon you guys mm-hmm. here's that sand pit trap of the mm-hmm. antlion yeah uh so that's terrifying exploitation by antlion and worm lion <laughs> larvae yeah so do you so, want to get into that now why not <clears throat> Uh, the larvae, the ant lions, and the unrelated worm lions. Uh, vermi- ver- what is that? Vermilionde? Uh, vermil- sure. Yeah. Uh, Vermilion. Verm- oh my gosh. Vermilion. Like, you got you got Lenid in there, like lion like. Yeah. Vermilionde. Uh, Vermilionde. Yeah. I think Tim's sure. got it. <laughs> It's my favorite punk band that's playing down at the dive bar. <laughs> that would be a great uh, band name. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, anyway, their larvae trap small insects such as ants by digging uh, conical pits in loose sand such as the slopes of the wall, such that the slopes of the walls is effectively at the critical angle of repose for the sand. Uh, they achieve this by flinging the loose sand out of the pit and permitting <laughs> the sand to settle as its critical angle of repose as it falls back. Thus, when a small insect, commonly an ant, blunders into the pit, <laughs> its weight causes the sand to collapse below it, drawing the victim towards the center where the predator that dug the pit lies in wait under a thin layer of loose sand. Big disc the larva assists this process by vigorously flick- flicking sand out from the center of the pit when it detects a disturbance. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable and terrifying. Yes. This undermines the pit walls and causes them to collapse towards the center. The sand that the larva flings also pelts the prey. With so much loose rolling material as to prevent it from getting any foothold as on the early, on the easier slopes that the initial collapse of the slope has presented. The combined effect is to bring the prey down to within a grasp of the larva, which then can inject venom and digestive fluids. Incredible. Adorable. Isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty great. I like that it specifically picks out ants, though. As I mean, yeah, I know it's yeah. called antlion, whatever, but like... Man, it's not their fault. They're just trying to do their thing too. I like that it's so active. Like I thought, like looking at this before I read this, I was like, oh, they're just they just build it and then it's a trap and then they're good. Yeah. But like they're like, no, like when things <laughs> when there's a disturbance, <laughs> it just vigorously flings sand all over. <laughs> Stop hitting like, yourself. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty great. <laughs> oh, they're bullies as well <laughs> as predators. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's a whole chart here of angle of repose of various materials. Guess like why coffee I you beans guys here. <laughs> and shredded coconut. <laughs> And ashes. So I love that someone has gone through the trouble of doing the math for this. There's there's an entire table here of all these different uh materials. Uh from yeah, ashes to bark, uh parens, wood refuse and parens. Uh guys, which one is your favorite? 
or I guess tag yourself. And tag yourself? I mean, yeah. I gotta be Urea. Ow. <laughs> um, I guess then I would be uh, Malt. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm Shredded Coconut. Nice. I like how Urea in parentheses is granular. Yes. Well, yeah, because... it's not gonna be liquid. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah. Why does why does why do people need to know the angle of repose for urea? I mean, Tim, why do you need to know it for coffee beans? I mean, because you pack that stuff up in your shelf. Do you just set it in a pile? Is that how you yes. store your coffee? I mean, that's how they do it at the store. Make it all look nice and inviting. I I really like that. Okay, so bran and wheat both have separate. Uh, separate listings in here and I mean they have drastically different angles of repose but like who do, who needs this uh, who needs to know this who has this problem I just wanted to say though that, that urea and wheat have the same angle of repose Ooh. so that's not one way you can tell them apart guys <laughs> checkmate atheist <laughs> <laughs> also I, I realize that they just mean ground, but I like that just Earth has one. Earth, yeah. <laughs> just all of Earth. And that cornflower and wheat flour are also separate. <laughs> oh, man. Very good stuff. This page Very is good amazing. Stuff. All right, Sky. Um, well, there's a bunch of materials here I could click on. Um, but I think I saw here... It says under applications of theory, it says that uh, the angle of repose is also commonly used by mountaineers as a factor in analyzing avalanche danger in mountainous areas. Avalanche. 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 That's another. Uh, they open for <laughs> vermin, verminale or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to click on mountaineers. Mountaineers use pillows. I, I really love the idea that that's, yes, that's amazing. All right. Well, let's just make this oh punk my God. band happen. Okay, go. go ahead. <laughs> All right, Tim, where are we going? I am going to go, uh, the term has related usage in mechanics, so it refers to the maximum angle at which an object can rest on an inclined plane. A, a Tempur-Pedic bed can be an inclined plane, Tim, Ooh. and that's where pillows are found. Tim, you, you did not let me down. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Guess we know who the favorite son is. Jeez, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Dad. <laughs> I I was waiting to see where where he was gonna go, just because mountaineering makes some sense. And when he started that sentence, I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sky, let's go mountaineering. Pelos is on here. What? It is not linked. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Ooh. it talks about mountain huts. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, mountain huts are of varying size and quality. I guess this is in um, Europe, um, but each is typically centered on a, com a communal dining room and have dormitories equipped with mattresses, blankets, or duvets, and pillows. Guests are expected to bring and use their own sleeping bag liner. <laughs> but anyway, I mean mountaineering. I don't think we need to really talk about like, what mountaineering is. Well, some scholars... No, I guess we do. Well, some scholars identify mountaineering-related activities as climbing and trekking up mountains. Others are also adding backpacking, hiking, skiing uh, via ferrata and wilderness activities. Oh, man. And still others state that mountaineering activities also include indoor climbing, sport climbing, and bouldering. 
However, most of the scholars, comma, <laughs> wait, wait, however, however, most of the scholars, comma, mm, uh, the term, the term mountaineering understand, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> however, whoa. most of the scholars, the term mountaineering understand as a, okay, I see, as a climbing, which now refers to adventure climbing or sports climbing and trekking, hill walking in exotic places. That, I, Maybe it's it's too early and I can't read that sentence, no, but it seems wrong. You're doing it. It's no, yeah. you're, you are hiking you are in the mountains. The reading. Yeah, how, hiking in the mountains can also be a simple form of mountaineering when it involves scrambling <laughs> or short stretches of the more basic grades of rock climbing, as well as crossing glaciers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, they uh, have they have a list of the differences between and advantages and disadvantages of the two styles of climbing. Oh, that's between, so great, but I got oh, I go got to read this sentence before you, before we go on cuz it's adorable. Well, mountaineering began as attempts to reach the highest point of unclimbed big mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it is branched into specializations that address different aspects of the mountain and consist of three areas: rock craft, <laughs> snow craft, and skiing, depending on whether the route ta- uh, chosen is over rock, snow, or ice. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> yes. So good. Uh. So the, the two different styles here are expedition style or alpine style. And expedition style, use multiple trips between camps to carry supplies up to higher camps. Group sizes are often larger than alpine style. Supplemental oxygen is frequently used. Yeah. Uh, higher capital expenditures is listed as a con and longer time scale. And then the Alpine style, in case you need to know this, you know, if this ever comes up, climbers climb the route only once because they do not continually climb up and down between camps and supplies. There are fewer supplies then and uh, supplemental oxygen is not used. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Danger of being trapped at high altitude due to storms. And then uh, lower capital expenditures, though, <laughs> and a short time scale. So you might die, but it'll be cheaper. It'll be cheaper. You won't have wasted as much money yeah, for yeah. your inherit- inheritors. Oh, man, this is a great page. They have a bunch of pictures um, under the golden age um, of, of mountaineering, of mm-hmm. just pe- of mountaineers. And there are a couple badass women. Oh, okay. Um, there's one picture here. Uh, Henriette de Angeville? Angeville? Sure. Sure. Uh, There's a picture of her just like that. Like she's just wearing this huge parka with this huge woolly hood. Holy cow. And she just has like a a pole pole with a hook and other supplies at her feet. And she just looks real, real badass. (laughs) Yeah, that woman's going to take you out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that covers it. Do we want to talk about anything else on here? Oh man, I, I I'm good, but this is a great page. There's a lot here. We may have to come back to this at some point. Yeah. So I could click on this badass woman, but instead I'll be more practical, I Ooh. guess, and go. Pellows was not um was not linked, but sleeping bag liner is Ooh. wiki slash sleeping bag liner. So I'm going to click on not the place that I thought we were going to go. Well, did it? Mm. Yep. There's a page for sleeping bag liner. I'm so excited. This is great. All right, Tim. Inclined planes. Let's talk about simple machines. An inclined. Pl- I feel like Bill Nye. An inclined plane, also known as a ramp, 
There's a flat supporting surface tilted at an angle with one end higher than the other. That's important. Because mm-hmm. if one end isn't higher than the other... That's just a plank. Then it's just a plane. Just a plane. It is not inclined. <laughs> you have misidentified this object. Yep. Inclined plane is one of six classical simple machines defined by Renaissance scientists. They are widely used to move heavy loads over vertical obstacles. Uh, moving an object up in an inclined plane requires less force than lifting it straight up at a cost of an increase in the distance moved. It's a good payoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the term may also refer to a specific implementation, a straight ramp cut into a steep hillside for transporting goods up and down the hill. It may include cars on rails or pulled up by a cable system, a funicular or cable railway, such as the Johnstown Inclined Plane. Welcome to Johnstown. <laughs> Come see our inclined plane. Uh, I hear they're opening for uh, Leonide the other uh, as well. Hey, that. That's a good show. Yeah, yeah. It's only like 10 bucks cover charge to get in. So like. pop, pop quiz, hot shots. What's uh-huh. an inclined plane wrapped around a cylinder? A, it's a screw. It's, yeah, it is a screw. Yeah. Correct. Oh, wow. I, I got that was my quiz. Grade. You won. <laughs> um, what uh, is an inclined plane? Uh, that moves. An escalator? It moves. it moves. No, it doesn't move like that. Like one that you can <laughs> shift into something. Oh, One I, that you can shift into something? I yes. suppose a lever? No. Am I doing this wrong? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Like, um, like, uh, like if you want to shift an inclined plane into a door to stop it from closing. Oh, it's a wedge. It's a oh. wedge. That's oh, right. I see. Inclined planes are everywhere, friends. <laughs> Isn't the point of the wedge that it doesn't move? You wake up and you look at your spouse, they might be an inclined plane. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. There's a, there's a lot of math on this page. Yeah, I am avoiding the math, guys. I'm sorry. It's okay. Leonardo da Vinci's on here. Yeah. But, I mean, of course but he, he is not be. a pillow. No. And he did not invent them either. Um, they talk about playground slides, water slides, ski slopes, and skateboard parks. Who knew they were so fun? Yep. <laughs> inclined planes are amazing. The Egyptian pyramids <laughs> were constructed using inclined planes, but are also inclined planes. Oh, my Whoa. gosh. Planes making planes. Yo, dog, I heard you like inclined planes. It's the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see here. Siege ramps enabled ancient armies to surmount fortress walls. Whoa. The ancient Greeks constructed a paved ramp 3.7 miles long, the Diokos, I guess, yeah. to drag ships over land across the Ithmus. Ith- Ith- <laughs> oh my gosh, Ithmus. no, why did I stumble into that word? It's all you, all, all you wanted for Ithmus? Ithmus of Corinth, which is pretty amazing. Like, let's just make a four mile long ramp and It'll leap work. off it. Just trust me, this will work. <laughs> Um, oh, the first elementary rules of sliding friction on an inclined plane were discovered by Leonardo da Vinci, of but remain unpublished in his notebooks. Whoa. They were rediscovered by Julien Amanton in 1699 and were further developed by Charles Augustin de Coulomb in 1785. Wow, it took a long time. Mm. Leonard Euler's 1750 showed that the tangent of the angle of repose on an inclined plane is equal to the coefficient of friction. There we go. You ever read something and just realize that you don't re- understand what you just read? I mean, frequently. The words that came out of your mouth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Every time I record this yep. podcast. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Honest, honestly, guys, I I'm not seeing anything that's like really sticking out to me here. Oh, but there's so many good. There good are so many good at. things, and <laughs> I really actually I want to know more about the Johnstown Incline Plane, guys. There's look. Let's do it. I just like that. There's okay. One of the pictures on this page is the emergency the emergency aircraft uh, evacuation slide, which is a plane on the side of a plane. Oh, planeception. I love it. Whoa. All right, you're you're seriously clicking on the Johnson. <laughs> yes, I am. All right. The favored son thing is is over. I was <laughs> Wow. Oh no. Didn't realize you yes. had such strong feelings about <laughs> about um proper noun inclined planes. <laughs> I just okay. thought you we were gonna pick like water slides or something. <laughs> Father. <laughs> Father, listen to this. <laughs> Sleeping bag liner is very small. There's not much here. It's like 10 lines. There's a warning here with an exclamation point that says this article has multiple issues. Please help improve it. And it says that it's incomplete. This article needs additional or better citations for verification. Aww. This was in December of 2015. Nobody has given any TLC to this page. So I looked into I looked into like the, the edits. And um, there is... There is uh, a history here, and like <laughs> back in um, back in December, when people determined that this wasn't this wasn't a good enough article, it says that <laughs> they used stubby but better than fluffy needs expansion. <laughs> so the page is, this, I guess this is like Wikipedia editor speak for like stubby, like it's like too small or like yeah, this could just stub. be a stub page, but it's better than being fluffy. Uh, it just needs expansion. Oh man! I just love that they're saying that about the the sleeping bag liner. Like it's, I like that's perfect. I like to imagine like the Amazon review of a sleeping bag liner just being like stubby, but better than fluffy. better than fluffy. <laughs> Two stars. I don't know what I'm looking for in a sleeping bag liner. <laughs> anyway, there's not a lot here. Uh, it doesn't talk about pillows. Um, it says that sleeping bag liners are lightweight cloth sacks, usually fitted inside <laughs> sleeping bags to provide extra comfort, insulation, and help keep the sleeping bag clean. Um, a vapor barrier liner is a special type of liner that blocks the sleeper's moisture from reaching the bag. And it traps your farts. Yep, traps and farts too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, liners are made out of silk, collin, nylon, and polyester, among others. Silk liners are light, soft, and strong. Um, I'm trying to... mm, So I'm deciding between just going to sleeping bags and clicking on like cotton or nylon or polyester or something. Mm, That's up to you. I think I'm gonna just click on sleeping bags. I just really cause... like that they they do just. Oh my gosh! Yeah, go ahead. Up and up, describe sleeping bags or sleeping bag liners. It's just a it's just a sack, you guys. Like it's not. I know you're calling it a sleeping bag liner, but it's a bag. It's just a bag. <laughs> I just realized that the word pillow is on this page too. Yep. Optionally, bug repellents, pockets, and a pillow holder can be added to liners. Not linked. Not linked. Aw. Clicking on sleeping bags. Yeah, sleeping bags. Glad you approved, Dad. <laughs> Oof. All right, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go to the, the Johnstown Inclined Plane. plane <laughs> oh, is man. actually pretty cool. It is kind of cool, actually. I'm rescinding that. I, I enjoy it now. <laughs> this is an 896.5 foot funicular in Johnstown, Cambria County, in the U.S. state of Pennsylvania. Uh, the incline and its two stations connect the city of Johnstown, situated in a valley. Uh, to the borough of Westmount on Yoder Hill. The Johnstown Incline Plane is built as the world's steepest vehicular incline plane and is capable of carrying automobiles in addition to passengers up or down a slope. 
uh, with a grade of 70.9%. That is wow. The travel time wow. from one station to the other is 90 seconds. Holy cow, that moves That's, fast. Yeah, yeah, 90 seconds, the same trip by automobile is about 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, after a catastrophic flood in 1889, the Johnstown Incline Plane was completed in 1891 to serve as an escape route for future floods. Oh, that's as why. well as a convenient <laughs> mode of transportation for the residents of the new community situated above the valley. That is so, like, fallout kind of stuff. Oh, man, it's like, amazing. Get to the incline plane. Oh, man. The water the levels little, are rising. Get up the ramp. <laughs> and a little waypoint pops up and you just have to run for it. And they're like, no, it's coming mm-hmm. back. You have to hold off for 90 seconds. <laughs> um, it was designed by Hungarian engineer Samuel Deischer, or Deischer, but also designated the Duquesne, Castle Shannon, and Fort Pitt inclines in Pittsburgh. The dude knew his inclines. Oh, he did the Duquesne incline? I, I've been on that. Oh, it's, cool. it's It's pretty cool. Uh, it's in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, you just, it's the little, it's this little car on a track. It, it does not go that fast. Got it. We got to, we got to sit down sometime, have some coffee and talk, talk incline planes. Talk about some incline planes. Man, do I love some incline planes. <laughs> Yeah. See here, inclines are common in Europe, and immigrants like the German, Slavic, and Welsh people who settled near Johnstown remember them from their native lands and brought the concept to the United States. The earliest inclines in the United States were a series of 10 that were built in the 1830s as part of the Allegheny Portage Railroad. Oh, wow. Uh, carry canal boats over the Allegheny Mountains to connect the canals from Pittsburgh to the ones from Philadelphia. That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, here's more about that flood. On May 31st, 1889, the South Fork Dam collapsed upstream of Johnstown on the Little Little Kanama River. The resulting deluge devastated the city, killing 2,209 people. Wow. As the city rebuilt, the Cambria Iron Company started work on a residential development atop Yoder Hill to provide easy transportation up and down the steep slope for the residents of the new community of Westmont. The company decided to construct an inclined plane. Uh, in addition to being a convenient mode of transportation, the Johnstown Incline Plane doubles as an escape route in case of another flood. Uh, just a note, once again, a, a thing in American history, uh, like like the railroads and things like that, like it's something that should have been taken care of by the local government, maybe, but some mm-hmm. private company was just like, you know what, no, we just really need this thing, and did it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um... Nowadays, the incline plane is used more as a tourist attraction, although mm-hmm. some people still use it to commute. And escape floods. Yep. As of 2017, uh, a ride will cost you $3 or $5 for a round trip. Dang. Um, if you are carrying an automobile up, that is $8 one way. And amazing. If you can carry an automobile? Jeez. Yep. If you're carrying wow. the automobile, uh, you-, you just got to hold it until you get to the top. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, do, 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 do. In 2015, the incline plane had an annual ridership of 43,670 passengers, wow. a decrease of 38.3% from the previous year. Whoa, that's a big drop. Uh, at the top, you can go on an observation deck. Uh, there's a restaurant. Uh, there are two hiking trails uh, allow you to walk the slope. Uh, one is a sculpture trail. Uh, with, with works Very created nice. in 1989 by local artist James Wolfe, used remnants of the Bethlehem Steel Factory in Johnstown. Wow! It actually sounds <clears> like <throat> something I would I would probably like if I was on a road trip. I would stop and visit. Yeah, I would like to see this. See now. how it looks. <laughs> we should go. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> road trip. It's Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're be, in Pennsylvania. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh next week, so. 
Um, uh, oddly enough, it's wet or east of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Oddly enough, there's nothing about pillows on here. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Mm-hmm. You'd expect. It's that... an it's an hour and twenty minutes. Oh my gosh! I could totally do it. All you need to do is convince Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Let's see here. Um, maybe there's a pillow on the National Register of Historic Places. Hurricane Sandy. Ooh. Maybe, yeah. Uh, no. Conservation Dag, Sculpture Trail. Uh, there's possibly uh, maybe for a Dead Man Switch. Actually, here? I was thinking of Dead Man Switch. Are you kidding? Because <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to go there to see what it is. An emergency brake engages uh, on the incline plane if the air pressure needed to control the incline is insufficient. The brake also engages if a Dead Man Switch is tripped in the operator's booth. <laughs> and then you have to fight through zombies and and uh, zombie dogs to get to it to re-engage the inclined plane so you can get out. Right. But you have to do it within the 90 seconds or else everyone mm-hmm. dies. Yeah. Just don't miss the safe room like right before it. Oh, it's kind of hard to see. Right. Man. Okay, so I, I am actually going on Dead Man <laughs> oh Switch. Yes. Oh. Wow. Okay. I am totally lost. I am uh, way in the guy, weeds. I'm glad you're, you're coming with me on this run. <laughs> <laughs> We're at sleeping bags. Sleeping bags. Are you ready for an alien description? Let's do it. <laughs> a sleeping bag is an insulated covering for a person, <laughs> essentially a lightweight quilt that can be closed with a zipper or similar means to form a tube, which functions as lightweight portable bedding in situations where a person is sleeping outdoors, like when camping, hiking, hill walking, or climbing. Its primary purpose is to provide warmth and thermal <laughs> warmth. <laughs> just get, just give me them warmth. I got them warmth. <laughs> and thermal isolation through synthetic or down insulation. So it's typically weather resistant and all this other stuff that we already know about, <laughs> about sleeping bags. Oh, amazing. Um, is there a pillow on this page? There is not. No pillow. Oh, no. no pillow here. No one brings pillows to a sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah. There's a good history here. The you you. Yaklysia rug in ancient Greek. Oh, I've heard uh, of this, yeah. And or or from ancient Greek, which is like the word for well and cot or sleeping place. So it's like good sleeping place. Yeah. Uh patented by mail order pioneer Price Price Jones in <laughs> 1876, who is not a Marvel comic book character. Somehow. Uh, is considered by many, and then there's a little according to whom here. To have been have been the first forerunner runner of the modern sleeping bag, Price Jones, a Newton uh, Montgomery Shire, sure. Welsh entrepreneur, developed the bag and exported uh, and exported around the world in the late developed the bag and exported <laughs> it around the world in the late nineteenth century. Way to go! Just add that in there for them. Yeah. Uh, documents sold that he sold 60,000 of these rugs to the Russian army, and the British army also bought them. There are records of civilian use, too, among missionaries in Africa and pioneers in the Australian outback. Amazing. There's a three-person buffalo sleeping bag picture here. Uh, looks comfy. It's for you. Um, two buffalo uh, sleeping bag? Like, yeah. made of buffalo? No, no. Yeah, I think so. Or from it's buffalo? You, it's for you and two buffalo. <laughs> it's for you oh, and two buffalo. Nice. To, buff- to Buffalo the Buffalo. Hey, 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 Buffalo, hey. There's <laughs> enough room for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Talks about indoor sleeping bags here. Indoor sleeping bags, sometimes called slumber bags, are widely available, often for use particularly by children. Uh, they're usually not designed to be waterproof and are often made of natural fabrics uh, instead of synthetic uh, fabrics found 
are commonly used for indoor sleeping bags. This Outdoor child. sleep. I am having a hard time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, children's sleeping bags in particular often feature elaborate, brightly colored printed designs, such as images of popular media characters. I definitely had like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sleeping bag. Mine was just oh, yeah. a red, mine was just a red sleeping bag. I never had a special one. Oh, I'm sorry. There's okay. a picture here of girls with sleeping bags at a sleepover. Oh, man. What about this? And they're just like, hi. Sky, can but you... the sleepover looks like it's it's got to be taking place at a library, maybe? <laughs> maybe they just have a lot of books. It's the mm. best house, yes. So I checked I checked the vandalism on this page, thinking uh. that there wouldn't be much, because, like, how do you vandalize a sleeping bag page? But you do. <laughs> uh, I, I highlighted a few here. Um uh, and here we have uh, a bivy bag it may also be carried by day hikers as a backup or emergency shelter to be used if they cannot make it back to their starting point by nightfall due to inclement weather, weather or getting lost. And then someone added here, some sleeping bags, you can't move around much, but some you can move around a lot. What? <laughs> and then you have here, uh, the bottom surface of the sleeping bag may be moderately water repellent, but a plastic, uh, or ground, a plastic tarp or ground, sh- ground sheet is often used to protect against moist ground. And then someone added, the first sleeping bag was made by a traveler who was lost in Cambodia. In desperation, he grabbed some banana leaves and wrapped it around his body. Yep. Legend has it that he was inspired by cocoons. Wow. Legend had it that he, he awoke the next morning a beautiful <laughs> banana fly. <laughs> <laughs> Slumber bags make floor sleeping more comfortable and are often used for sleepovers, family visits, and other situations where there are not enough beds for everyone. I eat cake. <laughs> nice. Someone added, I eat cake here. Nice. And someone said, sleeping bags may appear useful, but they can be very dangerous. If you're not extremely careful, the bag may wrap around your neck, leading to a sudden death or of suffocation. Oh, leading to sudden death or suffocation. Uh, and then someone the added, seriously, wrap they kill your neck. <laughs> yep. This guy seriously, just fears they- all bags. <laughs> seriously, they kill more people a year than cactuses on steroids. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, that's probably accurate. <laughs> Yeah. 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 All right. Sky. Um, they are fun to have when sleeping outdoors. Is something somebody added. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Scientifically proven. <laughs> to the Yuxlisa rug or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, you know, it says it's considered by many to be the first forerunner of the modern sleeping bag, and then someone added, "And you can sleep in it." <laughs> <laughs> what? So I uh, looked up. I, I think it's Euclesia, but I'm not sure. I looked it oh, up. Euclesia. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's Greek. Euclesia sounds sounds right. Um, yeah, but, like it's not linked here, which is really surprising. But the BBC Price did Price a, Jones is <laughs> yes. The BBC did a oh. story on it uh, when someone okay, a rug thought to be the world's first sleeping bag has been recreated and donated to a Powys museum, and, and they don't. They don't actually, like, it doesn't have a picture of it. It doesn't show Weird. what it is. Like, I don't understand. They don't even describe it. Huh. Like, is this, is this like, one of those things, like, the alternate history thing where, like, it's not really a real thing, but we, but people have committed to it so hard that we're pretending that it is? I don't know how that would happen on a site like Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Where are you going? I'm going. Hmm. There's sleepovers here. I'm clicking on sleepovers because sometimes you get into fights. Yes. I'm excited about this. This is going to be great. All right, Tim. Before dead we can sleep switch. off a sleepover, let's go to a dead man switch. Yep. 
Uh, it is a switch that automatically is operated if the human operator becomes incapacitated, such as through death, loss of consciousness, or being bodily removed from control. <laughs> whoa! Whoa! Well, hey. Being whoa. bodily removed um, from control? Yep, these, right, switches are, yep, these switches are usually used as a form of failsafe, where they stop a machine with no operator from potentially dangerous action or incapacitated device as a result of accident, malfunction, or misuse. They are common in such applications... Uh, as locomotives, aircraft refueling, freight elevators, freight elevators, sorry, right. lawnmowers, tractors, <laughs> personal watercraft, outboard motors, chainsaws, snowblowers, <laughs> tread machines, snowmobiles, amusement rides, and many medical imaging devices. What what do all these things have in common? They're they scary. All, they can all kill you accidentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. Uh, on some machines, these switches merely bring the machines back to a safe state such as reducing the throttle to idle or applying brakes while leaving the machine still running. Uh, dead man switches are not always used to stop machines and prevent harm. These switches can also be used as a failed deadly. Mm. Failed fail deadly? deadly as opposed says. to a fail safe. Yeah, well, I mean, oh. that's what opposites are. <laughs> a spring-operated switch can be used to complete a circuit when it is no longer held down. This means that a dead man switch may be used to activate a harmful device such as a bomb or IED. Uh, The device will activate when the switch is released, so that if the user is knocked out or killed while holding the switch, the bomb will detonate. As in Uh, every police show ever. A more extreme version is Russia's Dead Hand program, which allows for automatic launch of nuclear missiles should a number of conditions be met, even if all Russian leadership were to be killed. Fun. That's, That's great. Okay. Uh, My favorite part of this page so far is that right at the top they say Dead Man Switch, for al- for alternate names, uh, see alternative names. So I clicked alternative names, and it's a list here. The top one being just replacement of switch with control, or another name denoting a specific type of switch, i.e. Well, or e.g. button, trigger, throttle, pedal, handle, or brake. Which I loved all of them on American Gladiators. Just by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the. Driver's safety device, uh, the operator presence control, vigilance control, the alerter system, or my favorite, the kill cord. <laughs> kill cord. I like him and Killer Instinct. Mm, nice. Uh, interest in Dead Man's controls increased with the introduction of electric streetcars, and especially electrified rapid transit trains, which makes a lot of sense. Mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> Oh, sorry, uh, with, with modern urban and suburban railway systems, the driver is typically alone in an enclosed cab. Aww. Automatic devices were already beginning to be deployed on newer installations of the New York City subway system in the early 20th century. The Malbone Street wreck on the Brooklyn Rapid Transit System in 1918, though not caused by driver incapacitation, did spur the need for universal deployment of such devices to halt trains in the event of the operator's disability. Um, according to a Manhattan borough historian, there have been at least three instances where the dead man switch was used successfully in 1927, 1940, and 2010. So, hooray for dead man switches. Yeah, make it Still safer. used today. <clears throat> uh, Alright, Tim, so where are we going? I am... I guess I gotta try to get back on track. So I'm gonna I mean, go to... L- Loss of consciousness. At this point, okay. <laughs> well, let's see. Loss of co- where? Oh, there it is. Loss of consciousness has a Wikipedia page. Of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah. 
Speaking of things where you lose consciousness, sleepovers. Sleepover. Very small page. It is tiny. Um, wow. A sleepover, also known as a pajama party or slumber party, is a party most commonly held by children or teenagers where a guest or guests are invited to stay overnight at the home of a friend, sometimes to celebrate birthdays or other special events. <laughs> a lock-in is a similar event held in a setting other than a private home, such as a school or church. <laughs> I don't know if that's... <laughs> <laughs> guess that's the lock the we I mean, it's missing like the key definition of lock-in which is like stay there the entire time we we the actually called them that at our church whenever yeah, we it was a sleepover yeah yeah the sleepover is often called a rite of passage as a young child or a teen is called the sleepover is often <laughs> called a rite of passage as a young child or a teenager uh, begins to uh, assert ind- independence and to develop social connections outside the immediate family. Mm. And that's cited three times. Amazing. Oh. Uh, um, cited to Judith Answer article, sleepovers need not be a nightmare and help kids to be autonomous in a safe environment. To autonomous. Ed- Edward Evold, sleepovers as a rite of passage for kids. And then Barbara F. Meltz, the sleepover, a rite of passage in the Boston Globe. Nice. Yeah. Beginning in the 1990s, uh, commentators wrote about a perceived new trend of parents allowing co-ed sleepovers for teenagers with both boys and girls staying overnight together. Some writers uh, decried the trend. Others defended it as a safer alternative to teenage dating outside the house. Cited Cited four times. Yeah. Cited to Emily Wax. Co-ed all-nighters put trust on the line. Semicolon. Not all parents losing sleep over teen fad. Uh, Co-ed all-nighters cause unrest. Oh, nice. That was good. good. Good job, yeah. editor. Betsy Hart, co-ed sleepovers. Teenagers learn volumes from parents' decision-making. And then Amy mm. Dickinson. Co- oh, Amy Dickinson. Yeah. Uh, from, oh, I wonder from if it's Wait, the wait, same don't one. tell me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, just co-ed sleepovers yeah. in time uh, for Ask 2001. Amy. Yeah, it's her. Wow. All right. So. Cool. Well, not a lot to go off of. No. Where, are the, where, where are the pillow fights, you might say? Where yeah, are I was going to ask. Where is like... Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Where's all the stuff that happens at slumber parties? This is what I would have Well, let me tell you. Oh, okay. (laughs) I looked into the history of this page. Oh, no. (laughs) The editor in charge of it. Someone did write all about this stuff. They have pillow fights here. Pillow is linked. (laughs) Um, They talk about painting your nails or having a spa night, playing truth or dare, all this stuff. He took it all out. And has what we currently have. And he says, there are no sources for these. And it's a vandal magnet. Wow. Yep. So well, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine seeing the term pillow fight. Right. A high number of the populace <laughs> wants to put the word sexy in front of that. Sky. Also, sleepover only has one picture and they went with like the most like <laughs> mundane, weird, yes. boring picture. Of, like just people in beds laying on their stomachs, like yes. lay- laying on like cots on the floor. And it's like, OK, like from the 90s. Guest resting um, at, a, at a sleepover. Yeah, guest resting. It just looks like a dad and like a child. Like, it's like, okay. So, Sky, <sighs> when did they do that? When did that change? Uh, I just closed it. Let me see. It was uh, in 2013. Wow. <laughs> so, it's been, it's been a while. I missed, I missed that deadline by a mile. <laughs> um, my choices here are not great. I'm going to click on Pajama. Pajama Ooh. is linked. Okay. Uh, to right. get me to sleepy stuff. Sleepy stuff. Oh, yep. well, this is going to be great. 
we're gonna no- we're gonna get another page of people being very upset about about pages that could possibly be vandal magnets. Yeah. Uh, Tim, unconsciousness. <laughs> yeah. This um, is a, a shorter article than I imagined. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it's a state which occurs when the ability ma- to maintain an awareness of self and environment is lost. Involves a complete or near-complete lack of responsiveness to people and other environmental stimuli. It should not be confused with the notion of the psychoanalytic unconscious or cognitive processes sure. um, that take place outside awareness. <clears throat> Gonna bet you that someone in the edit history for this page definitely made that confusion. <laughs> Um, unconsciousness may occur as a result of, I, I love reading lists of harmful things, don't I? Oh. As a result of traumatic brain injury, brain hypoxia, uh, for example, due to a brain infarction or cardiac arrest, severe poisoning with drugs that depress the activity of the central nervous system, severe fatigue, anesthesia, and other causes. Um, normal sleep is not really considered, <laughs> uh, Un- that because you still actually respond to stimuli during that. But sleep is linked. Oh. And I'm going to go to sleep. I mean, I'm going to go to the sleep page. (laughs) If you pull this out. (laughs) (laughs) It would be really amazing, right? (laughs) Pajamas, Scott. (laughs) Pajamas or pajamas, depending on how you spell it. With a Y or an A. If you're British. Often shortened to PJs, Jimmy's, Jim Jams, or Jammies. Oh, no. Can refer to several related types of clothing originating from the Indian subcontinent. Pajamas are loose-fitting garments derived from the original garment and worn chiefly for sleeping, mm. but sometimes also for lounging, <laughs> also by both sexes. Why are those individually cited? I think that's a good. I think that's a good example of like someone writing the first section there. Pajamas are loose-fitting garments derived from the original garment and worn chiefly by for sleeping. Period. And then someone came and added, but sometimes also for lounging. <laughs> And then period. And then someone else came also by both sexes. <laughs> um, uh, most generally, pajamas may refer to several garments for both daywear and nightwear derived from traditional pajamas and involving vari- variations of style and material. Um, yeah, I mean, the British adopted it from India, apparently, and that's how it came to the Western world, which is kind of surprising. They've hey. never figured out how to wear other clothes in bed. I mean, um, it's it's tough, apparently. Traditional pajamas consist... Oh, go ahead. No, I was was just making a joke. Go on. Uh, Traditional pajamas consist of a jacket and pants combination made out of soft fabric. Uh, Contemporary pajamas are derived from traditional pajamas. Go go figure... Yes. (laughs) Um, There's baby doll pajamas, construction. What? Um, What? There's not a lot on here. Like, construction of the pajamas. Oh, I was going to say, like, construction construction pajamas. Yeah. It brings us back to the start of the the run, one, and two. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) No, it's not. not. Oh, no. Pajamas often contain visual references to a thing that may hold some special appeal to the wearer. Images of sports, animals, balloons, polka dots, flowers, stripes, plaids, foliards, paisleys, and other motifs may all be used for decorations, but that's it. That's the entire list. Nothing Darn. else. <laughs> Nothing else. Stay, yeah. Stay in line. Speaking of staying <laughs> no, in line. stripes are not. Oh, no. Stripes are okay. Yes. Stripes are okay. Yeah. Tr- stripes are. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a staple in pajamas. Mm. Uh, January 2012, Michael Williams, a commissioner in Cato Parish, Louisiana, proposed an ordinance prohibiting people from wearing pajamas in public. Cato Parish is already... 
already had a law against uh, wearing sagging pants that hung below the waist. Williams pushed for a law against pajama pants after seeing a group of young men wearing loose-fitting pajama pants that were about to show their private parts. That were about to show. That's weird. (laughs) According to Williams, quote, the moral fiber of our community is dwindling. If not now, when? Because it's pajama pants today. Next, it will be underwear tomorrow. The moral moral cotton polyester blend (laughs) of our society is failing. Uh, both of the articles that they link to there as a citation are not there any longer, which is a shame because I wanted to read that actual quote that that came from. Mm-hmm. There is sleeping here. Tim's already there. Mm. Oh, it takes me to nightwear. Oh, um, hello. I'm going to go to... I guess I'm going to go to nightwear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This I think is Tim's amazing. got it wrapped up. Where are these, where are these pillows? So sleep is a naturally recurring state of mind and body when you sleep. I mean, come on. Do we have yeah. to explain this? <laughs> There's a lot about sleep on here. People like sleep a lot more than unconsciousness, I'll tell you that. <laughs> if you had to pick between so, the two. How is sleep treated in societies? In some societies, people sleep with at least one other person, sometimes many, or with animals. In other cultures, people rarely sleep with anyone except for an intimate partner. In almost all societies, sleeping partners are strongly regulated by social standards. For example, a person might only sleep with the immediate family, the extended family, a spouse or romantic partner, children, children of a certain age, children of specific gender, peers of a certain gender, friends, peers of equal social rank, or with no one at all. (laughs) Whoa. Well, then why even make the list? Sleep may be an actively social time, depending on the sleep groupings, with no constraints on noise or activity. What? You're doing (laughs) sleep wrong, fam. (laughs) That's not sleep. That's gabbing on a bed. I mean, if if it's not that, then how do you define sleep? If it doesn't have any constraints on noise or activity, then how do you make it... You've you've gotten awfully quiet for sleep time, Phil. (laughs) Is something wrong? People sleep in a variety of locations. Some sleep directly on the ground. Others (laughs) on a skin or blanket. I mean, we all sleep on skin. Come on. Oh, nice. Others sleep on platforms or beds. Some sleep with blankets. Some with pillows. Uh, Not linked. Some with simple headrests. Some with no head support. This is the worst children's book. (laughs) These choices are shaped by a variety of factors, such as climate, protection from predators, housing type, technology, personal preference, and the incidence of pests. (laughs) Uh, beds is linked. <laughs> the incidence of pests. The incidence of pests. Uh, we'll it's probably, my new novel. Yeah. That's a great book. Uh, All right. Beds is bed. linked. So I'm clicking on bed. Sky, I think he might be. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably will. <laughs> I might just pull this out. Yeah. This is ridiculous. All right. Nightwear. <laughs> uh, nightwear is like pajamas. <laughs> I'm going to click on. <laughs> Uh, adult onesie. Are you not clicking all? I was going to say we're naming these things at least. Uh, they have adult onesie here, the baby doll, the blanket sleeper, which they don't define any longer, or they don't define farther than that, other than a warm sleeping garment, uh, chemise, uh, negligee, nightgown, night nightshirt, nightcap, pajamas, page noir, uh, and that's, that's the, <laughs> yes, and the shamwow. That's it. All right. Oh my gosh, wait, what? Hold on. 
Hold on. Sky, did you not see this customs thing? Uh, no. Uh, okay. According to a 2004 United States survey, 13% of men wear pajamas or nightgowns while sleeping, whereas 31% wear underwear and another 31% sleep nude. This is a weird survey. Who, who does that? Among women. Uh, I mean, who asks that question? That's what I'm saying. Uh, among the women. American Sex Survey by ABC <laughs> News. Oh, there you go. well, okay, fine. Jeez. ABC News, American Sex Survey. Do you mind asking, or do you mind answering a few sexy questions? <laughs> Only if you ask them sexily. On a scale right. of one to ten, just how sexy are pillow fights anyway? <laughs> if you ever really actually just got nailed in the face with a pillow, it kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. I guess some people could find that sexy, but uh, the majority of people don't. Yeah, well, that's why you need a survey, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Sky, you're clicking adult onesie. Yeah. All right. Wow. Wow. That's a okay bed. <laughs> <laughs> a bed is a piece of furniture, <laughs> which is used as a place to, to sleep or relax, <laughs> or apparently just talk, have social time. <laughs> uh oh my gosh! There is a very um, torturous-looking headrest <laughs> uh, from the Brooklyn Museum. Headrest with two images of the god Bess, circa 1539 to 1190 BCE. Wow. It basically just, it actually just looks like a seat from Ikea, but it's actually a headrest. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like, yes. Uh, Napoleon's bed, fancy. Ooh. Uh, oh, So wow. there are, I just it want to say real fancy. quick, that there are eight bed sizes. What? In the world, yes. Uh, you have your, your cot. You have your twin, twin extra long, full size, full extra long, queen <laughs> size, California king, and king size. Wait, well, what about people? I mean, why don't you need extra long of the other one? Oh, well, wait, hold on. They're 80, they're 80 inches long. Okay, okay, that's, yeah, that's plenty long. Oh my gosh, notable examples of beds, guys. <laughs> what? Yes. One of the largest beds in the world is the Great Bed of Ware, made in about 1580. It is nearly 11 feet wide, uh, nearly or over 11 feet long. The bed is mentioned in, by Shakespeare in Twelfth Night. It is now in the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. Uh, in 1882, an Indian Maharaja made a bed, had a bed made of solid silver. At each corner of the bed, there was a life-size statue of a naked woman holding a fan. When the Maharaja lay in the bed, his weight started a mechanism that made the women wave their fans. Citation oh needed. Yeah, there's no citation. Uh, in 1865, a convertible bed in the form of an upright piano was available, which could provide home entertainment while saving space. Oh, that one does have a citation. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm clicking on this right now. Brooklyn Museum, convertible bed in the form of an upright piano. Well, look at that. It, it's, a, it's a real thing. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a piano bed. Some beds are made especially for animals. These are called animal furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, we are in some depths right now. (laughs) Beds may have a headboard for resting against, with others also having side rails and footboards or footers. Headboard-only beds may incorporate a dust (laughs) ruffle, bed skirt, or balance sheet to hide the bed frame. To support the head, a pillow made of a soft padded material is usually placed on the top of the mattress hey. as opposed to beneath it. 
Uh, pillow is linked. Yay! Yay! You, you um, you doubted the power of the Johnstown inclined plane. And that, you want to point out never that again. I saw Pello like three times, and it just is never linked. This is true. <laughs> never again will I doubt the Johnstown incline. Well, we got to talk about onesies for a second here. Oh yeah, sure. Please. Uh, there is a category: adult onesie fad. Of course. Um. Uh, the product was initially conceptualized and marketed by entrepreneur and musician Steve Pandy. Uh, originally intended as a gimmick for his rock band to wear during shows. Mm. Uh, being the first and for some only time, only a vendor of the uh, popular onesie, his company Jumpin' Jammers quickly grew and, became, and began to appear on television in, in, as early as 2000 on Oxygen TV's Pajama Party television show, Adult Onesies Journey to Popularity. <laughs> Mm-hmm. By 2011, it was clear, according to whom, uh, <laughs> that the onesie began to transform from novelty to a worldwide apparel craze. <laughs> Beginning in January 2011, when Ryan Gosling appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show and gave the entire audience complimentary onesies. Oh my gosh. In 2012, hip-hop recording artist Macklemore referenced onesie pajamas in his lyrics of his wildly popular song, Thrift Shop, which peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, sold 7 million albums in the United States alone, then reached number one in the United Kingdom, Ireland, Canada, France, Denmark, Netherlands, Australia, and New Zealand. All thanks to onesies. In the music video, he wears a Jumpin' Jammers Batman onesie. As of May 5th, 2015, the video is the site's 18th most watched video. <gasps> Crazy. Wow. Is... Guys, I just In 2014, <laughs> the onesie wearing rap sensation <laughs> won two Grammy Award uh won two Grammy Award for best rap performance and best rap song. Um that's not Man, maybe I just can't read this morning, but a lot of these seem wrong. No, no, you're doing it right. It's just bad. This is just Wikipedia, Scott. Yep. Oh my so yeah, gosh. That's the onesie. It oh, well you're it, actually, according to the etymology here, the term onesies with an S on the end is a brand name. So this is a Kleenex is. situation. Uh, owned oh, by the Gerber. Gerber Corporation, and the term is used generically for infant bodysuits in the U.S. Mm. because saying infant bodysuit is kind of creepy. <laughs> um, so in 2008, when casual jumpsuits became increasingly popular, the press started discrediting them as adult onesies. That's cited. And the name seems to have eroded into a generic word, dropping the final S in the process. Thanks, etymology on the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Nice. I shared the uh, jump, jump and jammers page with you guys. By the way, jump because jammers, it is, jump, jump and jammers. This page looks as though it is from a different era of the internet, and it's amazing. I, I mean, they have the women's and men's jammers, but I just really like all of these models who are having to try to look fun and yet adult in all of these. I mean, they're onesies. That uh, that's just we're just going to yep. call it like it is. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's incredible. Anyway, very good. Well, Sky, you 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 put out you you really you stuck to the line. I I appreciate it. you really pushed for it, but if it wasn't for that stick in the mud slumber party. Yeah, uh, editor. Ugh. I I have bad news for you. 
I actually, you took almost exactly the route I took. Oh, no. Except you zigged. You mean you didn't go to Johnstown Incline Plain? I did not. Uh, <laughs> you zigged at Slumber Party and down, like, the fi- the pillow filling is what? also on the page that Sleepover is on. No. And I clicked on that, and that got me to pillow. You were you were standing right next to the finish line, mm-hmm. and then you turned around. <laughs> there is no down d-o-w-n yeah on the um hang on a second there's nothing on there on sleepover no it's on is it sleeping bag oh it's on sleeping bag oh okay yeah it's on sleeping bag and uh, it's just a little yeah it's a little bit farther up and that's yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry Mm -hmm. sky you were so close bummer yeah but we got the pillows you guys yay these jammers are forty four ninety nine. Yes, that's. Accurate. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a reasonable price to pay for fashion, Sky. <laughs> I just really okay. What's again, in their clearance section? Are, we, are are can we please do again just to, to tag yourself here? Because in the shop men's jammers picture at the top of the page, I am one hundred percent. That tuxedo jammer. I'm the green fuzzy frog jammer. Nice. Very nice. Tim, are you looking at the page? I'm just trying not to. Because <laughs> there's a lot like that's. Yeah, that's fair. Oh boy. It's right. kind of like vaping, except you're wrapped around your body. all right so pillow (laughs) pillows are used to sleep on and support the head and neck and other parts of the body while sleeping lying down or sitting in addition pillows have decorative uses and are used (laughs) on beds couches or chairs these are referred to as cushions which is cited twice by the way (laughs) In the UK, pillows used on chairs and sofas are called cushions or throw cushions, with the word pillow used only for pillows on a bed. Mm. And that's oh, why man. we left. There's a wooden pillow here. It that, looks real bad. Yeah, that, that's bad. There's a ceramic one, too. There's yeah. a panda-shaped travel pillow. What? Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. That's Little a neck pillow. Yeah, it looks like a panda got bent <laughs> out of shape. Something right. bad happened. We saw a family. lot of great things today. I think this picture of a pile of pillows on a couch takes it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the, with the description, a pile of pillows on a couch. It's that, is, that is what it is. I mean, truth in advertising. I'm just mm. going to say right now that there is a Wikipedia page and it's linked here uh, for Doki Makura. Oh, wow. What's, what's it's not that? as large as I imagine it would be. That's the like uh, the Japanese body length pillows with anime characters oh, with people on. Yeah. Them. Yes, it's amazing. Man, I keep, I'm coming back to that pile of pillows on a couch picture, Sky. It, it, I think I think it's so amazing because it actually sort of looks like a person. Like mm. you can see the head and the arms and the feet, kind of. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's just great because it's just a pile of pillows on a couch. Nice. Yes. Nice. And there's someone who picture this that for put the, it on Wikipedia. We need this for the universal um, historical record 
<laughs> There's also the aliens several pillows on a bed. I didn't <laughs> see this at first. Yeah. I like several pillows on the bed almost as much as I like a pile of pillows <laughs> on a couch. That's the sequel. Like if, if this were Pokemon, yes. like what? Several pillows on a bed is evolving. <laughs> <laughs> your your several pillows on a bed turned in, uh, evolved into a pile of pillows on a couch. Uh, yep. So. <laughs> That's the call it would have. Yes. Um, oh, man, this is great. Uh, okay, so just one other note here. The uh, There is a standard pillow size, but it's not actually, like, the standard. Like, the standard pillow size, according to this, is 16 inches by 16 inches, which is a square. No pillow that I know is 16 inches by 16. Like, do you own a pillow for your bed, I suppose, but, like, do you own a pillow that is square? For does anyone do that? I mean, aren't square they square pillow? Yeah. Do you have a square pillow for your bed? Because like like a throw pillow, but yeah. Well, Candace does. It's like a little like decorative pillow that she makes me put up there when mm. I make the bed. Okay. Even though no one ever sees the bed, <laughs> and we just throw it on the ground That's at true. night when we get in the bed. We were we were there for several days and never saw it. So <laughs> yeah. Oh hey, they they put in here. Okay. Manufacturers recommend tumble drying for 15 minutes every week to freshen them up and and for the heat to kill wow. dust mites. Great, great, thanks. That's the thing that I, well, now I'm going to do that now. Whew. Uh, <laughs> didn't think about that. Um, but that's a weird thing. That's the normal lifespan of a pillow, according to this, is two to four years. And that is cited to help the pillow guide. Oh my gosh, it's a real it's a real thing. The pillow buying guide. Test it before you buy it. Choose your ideal pillow, types of fillers and other things to consider. You know, I mean beds and pillows and mattresses, important stuff. Use those every friggin' night. Mm-hmm. Get a good one. Yeah, I mean it's important. Candace and I are very good at picking out beds. What? <laughs> We're very good at picking out beds. We we say this to each other very often. Like, <laughs> this bed we got is terrific. How, and I can sleep in this bed forever. Okay. And only because I agree with you am I going to say yes. Like, because the bed you guys have in your guest room is very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's the first bed that we picked out together. What? Oh, what? Got it. Sky, please enlighten us. How do you pick a good bed? <laughs> you went to this mattress store. And we sat on them and laid on them. And we're like, you like this one? Not really. Went to another one. Found the right one. Amazing. That's how we do. Sky. Uh, you know, and this is this is also, consider, considering we, again, just visited recently, I'm going to think about this the next time we visit again. But also, when we were cleaning up after dinner the one night and you were putting things in the dishwasher... I uh-huh. almost asked. I'm like, all right, so what's your method here? Yeah, yeah, we, I would have shown it to you. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that episode where I, for, it could, it had to have been like four minutes. You talked about your superior method for, uh, for uh, filling a dishwasher. It was very, sure. it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have a method. I've hung on to those words since then. Mm. And now, and eventually we're going to have to go, I guess, bed shopping with you because you guys are, you're, you guys are the, the leaders of that. Yeah, we can help you out for a small 
you know, finder's fee. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. All right. Thank you guys right. so much for coming along on this trip from angle of repose to pillow. Uh, if you would like to hear more of this, you can uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, on uh, Google Play as well. Is that right? I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, yes. we're on Google Play. Yeah. Uh, as we should know better, if you do find us on any of those places, please leave us a review. That'd be really cool of you. Um, unless you didn't like it, in which case, don't don't bother. It's okay. Uh, if you want, uh, you can also find us on our website, wskbcast.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at wskbcast, and you can search for us on Facebook just by looking up We Should Know Better. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all the, the places to find us. You know, feel free to reach out. And if you find a cool page that you want us to look at someday, that'd be fun. Uh, you know, we might, I can't guarantee anything, Tony, but if you want to put together a run for us, that'd be fun. Um, but Very anyway, good. oh yeah. So I, I, I'm glad we got to go on this run, but, uh, I have to, I have to take off here because I have to finish building my pillow fort. Uh, currently it is just about at the angle of a, of repose. And I'm, I'm concerned that it's not going to uh, be structurally sound. Yeah. You don't want a pillow avalanche going on there. No, for sure. <laughs> See you guys later. Right. See ya. Bye. So this Pella Pokemon is now, it's actually not its first evolution. It has a pre-evolution. Oh. Um, <clears throat> several pillows on a bed actually comes from decorated pillows uh, piled on the corner of a bed. <laughs> so it starts as decorated pillows piled on a corner of a bed, evolves um, into several, uh, several pillows on a bed. And then maybe you use like, what kind of item could you use? I mean, it'd be like a... Oh, no, <laughs> like down feathers or like a tennis ball and a drying machine <laughs> or dry, yeah, a, yeah. a dryer. <laughs> dun, dun, right. dun, dun. And then a pile of pillows on a couch. <laughs> what it comes with yeah. Amazing. Three-step evolution. Yeah, I think it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And you, Oh, and you need a polka flute to get it to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> For sure.